When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Law School of America Liquidated damages, also referred to as liquidated and ascertained damages, LADS, are damages whose amount the parties designate during the formation of a contract for the injured party to collect as compensation upon a specific breach, for example, late performance. This is most applicable where the damages are intangible, such as a failure by the contractor on a public project to fulfill minority business subcontracting quotas. An average of the likely costs which may be incurred in dealing with a breach may be used. Authority for the proposition that averaging is the appropriate approach may be taken from the case of English hop growers v. Daring, 1928. When damages are not predetermined slash assessed in advance, then the amount recoverable is said to be at large, to be agreed or determined by a court or tribunal in the event of breach. The purpose of a liquidated damages clause is to increase certainty and avoid the legal costs of determining actual damages later if the contract is breached. Thus, they are most appropriate when a. the parties can agree in advance on reasonable compensation for breach, but b. the court would have a difficult time determining fair compensation at the time of breach. Under the common law, liquidated damages may not be set so high that they are penalty clauses rather than fair compensation. Common law Generally, at common law, a liquidated damages clause will not be enforced if its purpose is to punish the party in breach rather than to compensate the injured party, in which case it is referred to as a penal or penalty clause. One reason for this is that the enforcement of the term would, in effect, require an equitable order of specific performance. However, courts sitting in equity will seek to achieve a fair result and will not enforce a term that will lead to the unjust enrichment of the enforcing party. For a liquidated damages clause to be upheld, two conditions must be met. 1. The amount of the damages identified must roughly approximate the damages likely to fall upon the party seeking the benefit of the term as assessed at the time when the agreement of contract was entered into. 2. The damages must be sufficiently uncertain at the time the contract is made that such a clause will likely save both parties the future difficulty of estimating damages. Damages that are sufficiently uncertain may be referred to as unliquidated damages, and may be so categorized because they are not mathematically calculable or are subject to a contingency. Contracts in the next three family use the term low service damages, optional clause X17, and generally include a low service damages schedule. Contracts under common law require there to have been some attempt to create an equal or reasonably proportionate quota between the damages made and the actual loss. Parties must not lose sight of the principal compensation and they must keep the time of execution and the difficulty of the calculations in mind when drafting the contract. Example. Anna Abbott agrees to lease a storefront to Bob Benson, from which Benson intends to sell jewelry. If Abbott breaches the contract by refusing to lease the storefront at the appointed time, it will be difficult to determine what profits Benson will have lost because the success of newly created small businesses is highly uncertain. This, Therefore, would be an appropriate circumstance for Benson to insist upon a liquidated damages clause in case Abbott fails to perform. The definition and scope extended. Uniform Commercial Code. In the United States, Section 2-718-1 of the Uniform Commercial Code provides that, 
in contracts for the sale of goods. Damages for breach by either party may be liquidated in the agreement but only at an amount which is reasonable in the light of the anticipated or actual harm caused by the breach, the difficulties of proof of loss, and the inconvenience or non-feasibility of otherwise obtaining an adequate remedy. A term fixing unreasonably large liquidated damages is void as a penalty. This largely mirrors the common law rule, which applies to other types of contracts under the law of most U.S. states. Case Law In the case of construction contracts, courts have occasionally refused to enforce liquidated damages provisions, choosing to follow the doctrine of concurrent delay when both parties have contributed to the overall delay of the project. In the 2015 case of Unat Oil Limited v. Leighton Offshore PTE Limited, a memorandum of understanding, MO, between the two parties detailed plans for Leighton to subcontract work to Unat Oil if they won a bid for a construction and engineering contract. The MO included an agreement on liquidated damages. The MO was amended on two occasions after it had been agreed, including an amendment to the amount to be paid to Unat Oil. The court found that although the liquidated damages clause may have been based on a genuine pre-estimate of loss at the time the MO was agreed, it had not been reviewed or amended at the times when the agreement was amended and therefore was unenforceable. The ruling means that when a contract is being amended, particularly if the amendment is relevant to the value of the contract, any liquidated damages clauses should be reviewed and amended if necessary. The law applied to bank and credit card charges. United Kingdom UK bank and credit card customers were being charged as much as £39 for a single transaction taking them over their credit limit. Consumers argued these charges were well beyond the cost of sending a computerized letter. In 2007 the Office of Fair Trading investigated the charges being imposed on customers of credit card companies. In its report, the OFT claimed these charges were unlawful under UK law as they amounted to a penalty. It said it would be prepared to investigate any charge over £12, though this was not intended to indicate that £12 is a fair and acceptable charge. The OFT said it would be up to a court to determine such an amount based on the established legal precedent that the only recoverable cost would be actual costs incurred. The credit card companies did not produce evidence of their actual costs to the OFT, instead insisting their charges are in line with clear policy and information provided to customers. Receipt of liquidated damages and intimately linked with the purpose of the profit-making apparatus is a capital receipt. The amount received by the assessee towards compensation for sterilization of the profit-earning source is not in the ordinary course of business. Hence, it is a capital receipt in the hands of the assessee. In 2009 the Supreme Court ruled that terms in bank account contracts were not capable of being penal, bar those applicable to NatWest Bank customers between 2001 and 2003. The court ruled that the charges were a charge for a service, and not a penalty for damages for breaching a contract term. Other Legal Systems Civil Law In the U.S. state of Louisiana, which follows a civil law system, liquidated damages are referred to as stipulated damages. Prior to January 1, 1985, Louisiana law used the term penal clause under former Article 2117 of the Civil Code. Stipulated damages create a secondary obligation for the purpose of enforcing the principal obligation. The aggrieved party may demand either the stipulated damages or performance of the principal obligation, but may not demand both except for delay. Stipulated damages may not be modified by the court, and will therefore be enforced, unless they are so manifestly unreasonable as to be contrary to public policy. In contract law, rescission is an equitable remedy which allows a contractual party to cancel the contract. 
parties may rescind if they are the victims of a vitiating factor, such as misrepresentation, mistake, duress, or undue influence. Rescission is the unwinding of a transaction. This is done to bring the parties, as far as possible, back to the position in which they were before they entered into a contract, the status quo ante. Taxonomy. Rescission is used throughout the law in a number of different senses. The failure to draw these crucial distinctions is productive of serious confusion. Although judicature legislation has been enacted throughout the common law world, and jurisdictions vary in their recognition of a distinct body of law known as equity, reference to the jurisdictional origins is still important for the purposes of exposition. Rescission in the sense of termination. Rescission in this sense is not the focus of this article. Where a contract is terminated, obligations under the contract are only discharged prospectively, the contract is not rendered void ab initio. Rescission in the sense of termination covers two key situations. First, where a party to a contract exercises an express right of termination, he or she is sometimes said to have exercised a right to rescind the contract. Secondly, where a party is faced with a repudiation, the party can elect to terminate the contract, this too has often been referred to as an election to rescind. Rescission at common law. Rescission at common law, as distinct from rescission in equity, is a self-help remedy. Historically, the common law court simply gave effect to the rescinding party's unequivocal election to rescind the contract. Rescission at common law is only available for fraudulent misrepresentations and duress. Rescission renders the contract void ab initio, and courts will only grant rescission under common law if the parties can be restored to their original positions prior to the formation of the contract, restitutio in integrum. Courts of equity exercised a jurisdiction to effect rescission where restoring the parties to the contract to their pre-contract positions was not possible at common law. Rescission in equity's exclusive jurisdiction. Rescission is available in equity's exclusive jurisdiction in a wide range of situations. For example, where there has been an innocent but material misrepresentation, a breach of fiduciary duty, unconscionable conduct, or equitable fraud. In court. Rescission is an equitable remedy and is discretionary. It is used as a synonym for termination at law. A court may decline to rescind a contract if one party has affirmed the contract by his action, or a third party has acquired some rights or there has been substantial performance in implementing the contract. To improve chances of being granted rescission, parties may do well to describe those circumstances which may give rise to an entitlement to terminate, as was done in Kumpata Local Aboriginal Land Council v. Sandpine Proprietary Limited. Furthermore, because rescission is supposed to be imposed mutually upon both sides to a contract, the party seeking rescission normally must offer to give back all benefits he or she has received under the contract, an offer of tender. The U.S. state of Virginia uses the term cancellation for equitable rescission. Furthermore, a minority of common law jurisdictions, like South Africa, use the term rescission for what other jurisdictions call reversing, overturning or overruling a court judgment. In this sense, the term means to be set aside or made void on application to the court that granted the judgment or to a higher court. Applications to rescind a judgment are usually made on the basis of error or for good cause. Most common law jurisdictions avoid all this confusion by holding that one rescinds a contract and cancels a deed, for example, of real property, and treat rescission as a contractual remedy rather than a type of procedural remedy against a court judgment. By private companies. In finance, law, and insurance, rescission is the termination of a contract from the beginning, as if it never existed, rendering it void ab initio. In 2009, 
one judge ruled that borrowers who refinanced into an adjustable rate mortgage could force a bank to rescind mortgage loans if it acted similarly inappropriately. Rescission is typically viewed as an extreme remedy which is rarely granted. Stock market transactions. In order to have legal certainty and in order to avoid the situation that courts have to decide ex post if a trade should be binding or not, erroneous trade rules of exchanges usually exclude civil law rescission rights. This explains why banks usually have to carry huge losses when clearly erroneous trades occur that have not been detected within 30 minutes. Insurance. Insurers have the right to rescind an insurance policy due to concealment, material misrepresentation, or material breach of warranty. Generally, to rescind, an insurer will send a notice to the insured and tender a check in the amount of the premium paid for the relevant policy period. In health insurance and specifically the individual and small group insurance markets, rescissions have generally followed the diagnosis of an expensive-to-treat illness in the patient, policyholder, typically because of withheld information about a pre-existing medical condition. Public awareness of this practice increased during the 2009 U.S. healthcare debate, when it was described colloquially as cancel coverage when you get sick. The practice of health insurance rescission was partially limited starting September 23, 2010, following the adoption of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act in 2010. A House Committee report found that WellPoint, now Anthem, United Health Group and Assurance rescinded policies for more than 20,000 people over a five-year period. The House report also highlighted 13 particular cases. In 2010, it was revealed that WellPoint specifically targeted women with breast cancer for aggressive investigation with the intent to cancel, rescind, their policies. The disclosures followed the discovery that Assurance Health similarly targeted all recently diagnosed HIV-positive, AIDS, policyholders for rescission. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, Secretary Kathleen Sebelia sent a letter to WellPoint urging the insurer to immediately end their practice of dropping health insurance coverage for the women. The software technology used by WellPoint, as well as other major American health insurance companies is provided by Midgroup. The software automatically triggered a fraud investigation on every policyholder recently diagnosed with breast cancer and searched for conditions not disclosed in the application. The MIB Group provides a follow-up service which allows for a second chance to underwrite based on additional, discovered information during the contestable period. The service is maintained for two years after initial underwriting and may include, among other information, credit history, medical conditions, driving records, criminal activity, drug use, participation in hazardous sports, and personal or family genetic history. Consumers can request a copy of the data in their report from MIB Group. The insurer is additionally required to prove an intent to deceive in the misrepresentation. This fraud or intent requirement was extended federally for health insurance contracts effective September 23, 2010 by Section 2712 of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. In the long run the change may have little effect in practice given that the bill eventually will not allow underwriting based on pre-existing conditions. Previously, most states required proving intent to deceive. The Law School of America the content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons Attribution, Share Alike License. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America